Welcome. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio, one of our favorite guests, we have Alice Wellens, who's a licensed clinical social worker and has a practice here in Atlanta, and she's here to join me for a wonderful topic about gratitude. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, as always. Well, it's my pleasure, and I'm really glad that you're willing, and I think this is an awesome awesome um, topic. This coincides with a blog series that you started. Would you share that with our guests and then please get a piece of paper and a pencil and we'll tell you how you can access uh, this information. Yes. So on my social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I'm doing six weeks of wellness, so starting this week is the first week and then all the way to the end of the year through the holidays when we need a little extra dose of wellness the most. Correct. Um, And each week we'll have a theme, and every day we'll post a practice or a quote or research or something along the lines of that theme. And this week, the first kickoff week, the theme, of course, is gratitude because we have Thanksgiving. And that's a time when most people really tune into um, feelings of gratitude and sit around a table and discuss why they're grateful. And sometimes they need need to remember why they're grateful if they're Correct. having a hard time, which I'm sure we're going to talk about today. And you can find all of that. Um, the easiest way to find it all is to go to my website, which is www.alicealons.com. Dot com, and that will have links to all my social media. Well, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for folks to really take those few minutes every day. And we know that it's important mm-hmm. to have that kind of daily practice of stopping, stepping back, centering yourself, being present, and, um, and taking care of yourself. And so I look forward to following this process, and I do hope that our listeners will join in. You also have a candlelight. Oh, yes. Uh, That's December 2nd, if I recall. So next week, the week starts on Monday. So next Monday, we'll have our second week of the six weeks of wellness, and you can imagine the theme that week might be loving kindness. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're going to end on Sunday, December 2nd, with a candlelit loving kindness meditation. And all this information is on my website. You can check it all out. But that is going to be a two-hour meditation. The first part will be an introduction um, and or a reminder, refresher of how to sit on the cushion, how to prepare the body for meditation, um, gentle stretching and mindful movement. And then the last part will be um, a loving-kindness meditation. And we're going to use John Kabat-Zinn and his colleagues' um, mind, uh, loving-kindness meditation that they have in their work mindfully-based relapse prevention. So because we're going to use that script word for word, it also will enable people who want and need it to get to continuing education units to to come and meditate. So it's a win-win for everybody. So it sounds like you don't have to be a skilled meditator or even have done it before. Absolutely. um, That you're going to really help people 
not feel strange or uncomfortable because I don't know where to sit. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to meditate. You're going to be covering that. Absolutely. And what to wear and, you know, exactly how to sit and I can't do it and it's weird. And because I've made it really accessible, it's for beginners, people who don't know anything about it. And it's also for people who have a meditation practice because sometimes just getting that refresher, Mm -hmm. scooting yourself up to the very front third of the cushion and aligning your body again can just be a nice refresher. And because it's beginner also, I have a lot of people who are bringing their partners. So that's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. They'll be able to... Enjoy that afternoon, that evening together in this type of way as the holidays really start to kick off. A nice date night. A nice date night, exactly. I like that. But you can come even if you don't have a date, correct? Yes, absolutely. So I think those um, those things are so um, well thought out. And Alice, this is this is part of the gift of you, which is that you really do hone in on ways to help people take care of themselves. And to heal. So I thank you uh, for for doing the show. I also thank you for the the work that you do, um, the research, the details, the excellence that you provide in information for people. And if you haven't checked out her well, uh, website, you really do need to do it because there's a wealth of information. Um, Alice is um, humble, but she's very well-known. She's well-spoken. She leads workshops. Um, she's a writer. She's a, uh, a teacher as well as a gifted therapist. So uh, please check it out. And if you can plan to attend December 2nd, please do so. I believe registration is required. Registration is required. There are four spots left. And you can, again, register on the website. On the right-hand side, you'll see the word events. You click on that, and you can get one of those last four spots. We'd love to have you. Good. (laughs) I hope we have them filled before this hour is over. So, gratitude. Um, Often people look at the holidays, and there's the list of all the things that they've got to do, and the travel, and the here and there, and the three or four different Thanksgiving dinners, celebrations (laughs) they um, may need to be attending, and they really feel overwhelmed, overburdened, and as usual, we miss the whole point of what the holiday is, what it means, and stepping back and saying, okay, let's talk about gratitude, and let's talk about how gratitude can be part of a wellness practice. That is very well said. (laughs) I'm going to write all that down when I listen to this later. Um, Absolutely. And one of the things that I really think is helpful are making these practices portable. So having practices that are portable that you can do on the fly as well as, you know, in your deeper um, practices are really, really helpful. Yes. So the like you said, we're, we start to get really busy and we start to move around a lot and that creates stress. And if, if you've listened to Dr. Blank and I's conversations over the years, you know that we both really agree that stress is the number one precursor to almost all medical and psychiatric mental health um, 
syndromes and issues and illnesses that that arise. So learning what your stressors are and is learning to see them show up as early as possible Mm -hmm. and having a whole, as we like to say, toolbox of tools to be able to use is really helpful. And gratitude is really, really a good one. And very portable. Very portable. You can use it just verbally or even in your mind. Um, But I'm I'm talking to clients a lot now. I was just talking this afternoon about in your car on the way home, just list out loud to yourself three things that you're grateful for. And don't, don't get too caught up in getting it right. Mm -hmm. My favorite is John Kabat-Zinn's statement, when you wake up in the morning, more is already right than wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Given the alternative, absolutely. And that's a great place to start is I'm just grateful I woke up today. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I had breakfast. You know, I'm grateful that I got to come and do this podcast today. So being able to start to list out loud to yourself or write it down three to five things every day that you're grateful for is a really wonderful place to start. I think so. And in our conversation um, with our um, David Moxley, who runs this uh, station and is uh, very supportive of our programming, we were talking about the fires out in California. And just in thinking about getting up and taking a shower in the morning, to have a shower, to have clean water, to have the ability to step out and have clothing to put on, to have breakfast that you can eat. These are things that we don't even think about, and yet so many people right now in our own country are suffering without the very basic necessities of life. It's it's heartbreaking. And so to step back and be grateful that you've got warm, clean water that you can take your shower is what a gift that is. And that is really, really a great opening into what a lot of people struggle with is that whole sense of what should I be complaining about? The, the people devastated by the fires in California have all these problems. I shouldn't complain. And what happens in that moment is they shut down something in themselves. May, may I interrupt for one second? Please. Um, I just want to invite everybody at 11 o'clock on Thanksgiving Day, we're going to have Pastor Jack Wright on, and he's going to deliver the Thanksgiving message. And just like you were saying, I said, you know, people, you know, I, I, we are so in my materialistic that we mm-hmm. think that, oh, we have to thank God for our house or our car or our this or that. But right now, the people in paradise, uh, California, are just thankful they're alive. Mm-hmm. And they're enduring hardships that uh, I didn't endure in the military. And, uh, th- you know, we had tents that worked. And uh, and we had people delivering food to us. Mm-hmm. And they're lucky to have water bottles. So, you know... I, I'm inviting everybody to tune in. Uh, Pastor Jack Wright, in less than two hours, lost his home, lost his church, but he's thankful that all of his family's alive. And uh, so tune in 11 o'clock on Thursday, and uh, he'll be bringing us our Thanksgiving message. 
Thank you, David. I think that's really very important. And again, to step back, particularly on that day, and take an opportunity to to be grateful and to hear some words of inspiration. I, how that man can do this um, shows a great spiritual leader. But wow, what yeah. a what a terrible loss and a terrible burden. And yet, even he has uh, the ability to be thankful. Mm-hmm to be grateful for for what he has and what his family has, even though they've literally lost everything. And like you were saying, David, it it brings home really quick what's important. The material things all fall aside, and you are able to really get in touch with, from a real heartfelt space, that sense of, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful whoever is around me that I love is here. And the rest we can figure out. So I'm sure that's going to be a really powerful and moving um, episode Thursday at 11. As long as you brought up the materialistic and material <laughs> things can be replaced, um, they're obviously in need of funds. And uh, there are a number of sites on GoFundMe that uh, are for the fire victims. And uh, if, it, if you're wanting to give to Jack and his wife, it's Jack and Rhonda on GoFundMe. And... You know, the material stuff sort of can be replaced, mm-hmm. but it can't totally. They, he told a story about his wife's, she's a um, pianist, and uh, she learned on a, a kid's piano uh-huh. that they had had refurbished not too long ago, and then a, <laughs> a larger piano, or refinished and all that stuff, and gone. Yeah. All gone. Wow. And her piano and organ and the church, gone. So. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, uh, what's the old saying? You probably know this. I cried because I had no shoes until I saw the man who had no feet. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have much room for crying these days. Yeah, well said. Thanks for sharing. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. On how significant is their pain, the pain scores for the people using marijuana were actually higher than... The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today, Alice Wellens is with me, and uh, we've been talking about a very important um, first week of her six-week wellness um, blog uh, event, and uh, the first week is gratitude in honor of Thanksgiving. We do um, certainly invite all of you to uh, listen to the broadcast here on America's Web Radio at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time um, on Thanksgiving morning for a, um, an inspirational gratitude uh, presentation. We, um, when we think about gratitude, it seems like, well, that's um, a nebulous kind of concept, but you know what? It really is started in the neurons in the brain. Which is our favorite. Which is our favorite. Our favorite, favorite topic ever. <laughs> I personally love the neurons in the brain. And right behind your forehead, uh, we call this the prefrontal cortex, this part of your brain contains very specific neurons called mirror neurons. And these areas of the brain are so important for us to learn to do things, for us to develop empathy, and for us to be able to have the experience of gratitude. Now, if you watch a baby, um, babies watch you, you watch babies. It's very hard if a baby smiles at you not to smile. I I bet that there isn't a single person in our listening audience that if a baby looks up and smiles at them, they aren't immediately smiling. Um, it is these mirror neurons that allow us to connect an action that we see in someone else or that we respond to someone else with, not just the action, but the emotion. Mm -hmm. And that emotion of waving bye-bye and playing peekaboo, it's um, that activity has a lot to do with how we connect with people, not just with the baby that we're, you know, seeing in the grocery cart at the grocery store, but um, with people throughout our lives mm -hmm. and in all of our relationships. And these mirror neurons are really powerful. And they do light up when people are expressing thoughts of gratitude and when people are having those moments of, of gratitude. Really important to think that, first of all, we engage these particular neurons. It's astonishing. And that they develop very quickly. So I'm going to connect mirror neurons to Black Friday. Do you think that's okay, been discussed anywhere else let's ever? Go. No, probably not. <laughs> So one of the um, discussions in the article that we read about mirror neurons talked about that when one of the ways mirror neurons work is when you see another person doing something, you want to do it. Mm -hmm. So there's the smiling piece. If you see somebody eating a banana, you start to want a banana. And I really am going to hypothesize, and I would love everybody's feedback wherever <laughs> you post feedback and thoughts on this. I think that's one of the 
frenzies of Black Friday is people oh. see, they're getting that store and they see somebody grabbing for that thing and then they want it. And they're already in this really heightened state, which is probably when those bundles of nerve cells get extra heightened. So take a, I'm just, that's just a little, uh, Homework assignment for anybody who's <laughs> going to get out on Black Friday. See how much your near, mirror neurons are operating and how much you're really checking off your list. Right. And, or just responding to someone else's excitement at being the first to grab that particular item. Exactly. But the way mirror neurons um, work in, in addiction and recovery is, and please... Mm-hmm. Please uh, tell me everything that I don't know about this, Dr. Blank. But is that when we talk about exposure is one of the number one issues around relapse. So, And that has to do with mirror neurons. If you're in a situation and you see other people drinking, you want to drink yes, or use, especially if you already have a predisposition to it or a history of it or you're in early recovery. So... It's really, really important to realize that your neurobiology in some ways is in the ways that it's trying to help us by connecting and forming groups and um, kind of moral and value and empathy and connections along those lines. In that case, it's something we really need to watch out for. Yes. And people who do advertising and marketing have learned this. So you don't see um, the advertisement for a beer or an alcoholic drink, uh, somebody sitting at the end of the bar, downtrodden, um, looking miserable, Unkempt. That's not the person you mm-hmm. see. The advertisements are young and active and smiling and engaged in sports or a party or whatever. And when you see that particular... You want that. Yes, ma'am. You want everything around it. And the advertisers have totally learned to position their product right in the middle of that. make And we, in the recovery world, we call that romanticizing the drug. Yes. Yeah. And our brains can trick us into not seeing it as a dangerous threat to our health that it actually is. So mirror neurons play a really important role when you're in a social situation and we hear I'm sure we hear our clients say this all the time it was a nice wedding reception everybody was having a drink I just didn't see the harm in having that champagne toast Mm -hmm. and the right thing to do it it was just right there in that moment and smoking (laughs) is a number one thing around that too and they learned that way back in the 40s 50s and 60s to romanticize that drug and the marlboro uh, man exactly joe camel all of these uh uh, figures that um embody you know fun good times strength Mm -hmm. masculinity whatever the message is it's what you want to be it's what you need to do to achieve that yeah. uh, status or position in your life. Madison Avenue were maybe some of the first neurobiologists exactly. that we have in our exactly. field. They have figured it out. And when we talk with our patients as they're struggling with 
staying sober and learning how to be um, happy in recovery, <laughs> uh, which doesn't always happen in the beginning, mm-hmm. by the way. But as um, we hope that they discontinue the people, places, and things that have been associated with their um, use of drugs, alcohol, or addictive behaviors, um, and that they learn to mirror, they learn to observe people having fun. We talk about sober fun. Sometimes they call it forced fun, but the, the sober fun where you can see people engaging in lively conversation activities that they're enjoying without the association of drugs, alcohol, or other addictive behaviors. So changing the people, places, and things, really important to avoid the exposure to the triggering substance, but we also are wanting them to build new pathways that include this new group of people, these activities that are done while sober, this feeling that I can have um, without having to use drugs, alcohol, or other behaviors. And that mirroring process is um, is really important. And part of what they hear when they go to a 12-step meeting or they go to a recovery group or they talk with their therapist is they hear the gratitude. Just going <laughs> to circle us back to that, but you got us there first. Um, and they, you will sometimes hear people say, Hi, I'm Susan. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic Mm -hmm. and that just completely um, undoes (laughs) some new people in recovery or their family members when they say you're grateful what Um, and yet it's a very true Mm -hmm. statement for people because that initial association is is negative at best So, right, creating new neural networks and creating positive experiences with recovery and decoupling that romanticized positive neural network, mirror neuron um, experience with using and everything around it is a core feature of recovery. And it's really fascinating to think that we can kind of be tinkering with our neurobiology Mm just by making a gratitude list of three to five things that you're grateful for about your recovery. And that is actually creating new neural networks and decoupling old neural networks in your brain. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. 
More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and this is America's Web Radio. Today in studio, we have Alice Wellens, who's a licensed clinical social worker. She has a private practice here in Atlanta, but she also is very active on social media, and she's um, a frequent um, blogger. She gives seminars, all kinds of um, trainings, both for lay people and for patients, but also she is a, um, a therapist therapist. Uh, she does a lot of training and um, support for people who work in the healing field to help them remain centered, to help them remember self-care, and to help them do the next right thing, not just for their uh, person they're working with, but for themselves. And so this six weeks of wellness, I think, is um, is a beautiful way of doing that. And uh, invite all of you to go to her website, www.alicealwellons.com, and you can uh, learn about her Six weeks of wellness. You can learn about um, the candlelight um, evening in December, December 2nd, and also just learn some of her um, wisdom and uh, many of the uh, information and articles that she, and resources that she has on her website. So please check it out. Right before the break, we were talking about gratitude, and we were talking about um, people making changes in their life, particularly in early recovery, and how that's kind of hard sometimes. But that in the process of thinking about and expressing gratitude, there's a couple of other changes besides the mirror neurons that light up. And they do. Actually, fMRI studies have shown that when someone is talking about gratitude, that that part of their brain lights up. And I posted this yesterday because I love the neurobiology part two, and I just hope everybody else does. So my first post was that these same scans show that when we, in a, in a heartfelt way, not a fake way, but a heartfelt, genuine way, list things we're grateful for, 
our brain automatically produces some little blips of dopamine and serotonin, mm-hmm. Correct. which is a, a natural antidepressant, those neurochemicals that we like. And so it's really a way to combat depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. The other thing that it does is it places you squarely in the moment. Because if you are sitting there and listening to three to five things that you're grateful for, you are right there in that present moment. You're not in the past. You're not in the future. So it's also got a real mindfulness perspective mm-hmm. to it, too. And um, and really a, um, a way to, to give yourself a dose of dopamine and a dose of serotonin. Mm-hmm. Lots of times we talk to people in recovery when they're struggling, when they're having a hard time, when they're depressed, when they're discouraged or craving, we'll ask them to make a gratitude list or to talk about something they're grateful for. We're doing that to move them from the negativity, but we're also doing that as a way to help replenish these neurotransmitters that have been decimated um, from their brain because of their use of drugs and alcohol. So in doing that, they really are healing themselves. It's not just a distraction technique, although I know many people think that that's what we're doing. We're putting up puppies and shiny things and um, and trying to, uh, to change their mind. Mm-hmm. Well, we are. We're trying to literally change their mind on a chemical basis. And the um, idea of thinking about, writing about, talking about gratitude keeps them in the moment, keeps them away from depression of the past and fear of the future, keeps them in the moment. But it also literally changes their brain chemistry. I just, it's so fascinating. It is, isn't it? The other thing is shame. So one of the things that happens during depression, anxiety, trauma, and addiction, of course, is there's a real sense of shame that develops. And guilt is, I did something wrong. Shame is, there's something wrong with me. I am damaged. And people over time who struggle with these issues really create this shameful experience of how they see themselves and maybe even how they see their relationships in the world. And this real negativity bias gets created and cultivated and gets pretty big. So they say a lot of really bad things about themselves and they think a lot of really bad things about themselves. So this gratitude exercise is a way to also start to crack open the door to experiencing yourself in a different way. So by saying three things you're grateful for, first you can make it very general, and then as the exercises go on, we, we really encourage clients to make it specific also about themselves in a positive way because for many, it's been a long time mm-hmm. since they have sat with themselves in a positive and loving way. And that is really a beautiful thing when you start to see that shift, them coming home to their the basic goodness of themselves. So, And acceptance is, um, is such an important uh, part again of recovery and and this process is um, is so valuable. Mm-hmm. 
at the University of Indiana, there was a group of uh, researchers in the psychology department that um, recruited some volunteers, which is generally first-year psychology students who need extra credit. I think normal <laughs> volunteers, <laughs> that's the real definition. Um, but uh, they, they divided them into, into two groups. And the first group was asked to write a letter of gratitude to a person that has been influential or important to them in their life. They said you don't have to send it, you don't have to mail it, but write this down, write this letter. Write one letter a week for three weeks. The other group, they said, we'd like you to think about a particular experience in your life that was very powerful, damaging, devastating to you, and write down every week something about how you felt, how that affected you, what happened. And they looked at these people, again, from a psychological standpoint, at four weeks and 12 weeks. And they saw some amazing shifts in these folks. Whether or not they sent off the letter of gratitude didn't really um, matter, interestingly, but they were people who wrote the letters of gratitude reported improved sleep, improved mood, less anxiety, more energy, a, a positive experience. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in the other group, Oh, and by the way, that carried on for the 12 weeks when they followed up. Um, in fact, it seemed to be a little bit stronger mm -hmm. at the 12 weeks even. Uh, the other group did not do so well. And when they divided these two groups up and looked at the language that they used, obviously the gratitude group were writing many more positive things, and they were using we statements as opposed to I statements and the negative words that were used by the group describing a, a terrible experience in their life. So this also, back to the fundamentals mm -hmm. of, um, of recovery and the idea, I can't, we can. That idea of recovery mm -hmm. is a social process. Addiction lives in isolation. Depression lives in isolation. Anxiety as well. A lot of these um, terrible feeling states, people suffer in and withdraw and, and, and experience them in isolation. Recovery, gratitude, healing, these things are experienced in a group. Mm -hmm. And the sharing and the caring that happens in um, in this group process and when you move out of your isolation, the we statements, the positive statements, and even though someone's story in a 12-step meeting might start out not so happy or pleasant, when they get to the solution, when they get to the part of, and I'm grateful, mm -hmm. and this is what my recovery has brought to me in my life, you see the we, you see the power in that for the person saying it and for the people experiencing it. All their mirror neurons are lighting <laughs> up in a very positive way to change them. Mm -hmm. And they feel different 
and you feel different when you leave a meeting. Mm -hmm. Even if you didn't want to go, um, there is this transformational thing that happens. Even if you don't say anything, even if you uh, don't actively participate, participate other than being an active listener, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It truly is, and we are wired for connection. Yes, as Brene Brown always says, we are wired to be seen, to be gotten, to belong. We are wired to care, and gratitude in the recovery mo- community, especially, is a real linkage to all of those experiences. And it really is a beautiful thing when you see it happening. Um, And when you see clients start to be transformed um, from, from the dark to the light, from a life of shame to a life of connection and light and purpose. And gratitude is a real vehicle that moves people through all of those places. It's, it's beautiful. It, it is. It, uh, it moves your brain. It moves mm-hmm. your neurochemistry, uh, the gear shifter part of your brain. Um, we, call, we call it this uh, anterior cingulate cortex, but that part of your brain that shifts your attention and focus uh, moves you out of the, the despair, the anxiety, the... Um, uh, dark part of your brain, which is there. We have to have that. We have to have our burglar alarm system that says, don't walk in the middle of the street and don't put your hand on the hot stove. Mm-hmm. We, we have to have those <laughs> memories and ideas. Um, but it moves it up to mm-hmm. um, the part of our brain where we can take positive action and we can engage those mirror neurons. And it's really interesting to see the brain light up in a different mm-hmm. way when someone is expressing gratitude. Absolutely. And I'm sure that you all can see that as well. When you are with somebody, you can tell if they're dark and if they feel far away. And you can also really experience somebody when they start to return to themselves. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking a lot about the brain. There's also a real heart element in there around waking up a reconnection to your heart, which holds that place of also holds the place of compassion and tenderness um, and love. And to, to start to feel that for yourself and others is just, it's one of the most healing aspects of recovery that can happen. And it's really, it's just beautiful to watch. And it is um, very portable. Mm-hmm. I like that word um, when you're talking about tools for your tool kit. You can do it in your car. You can do it in your shower. You can do it in the middle of a boring meeting um, whenever you're uh, needing a change in your mood. Much better than a chemical. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about gratitude during this season of thanks. Please stay tuned. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. 
These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. This is America's Web Radio, and with me in studio today is Alice Wellens, a licensed clinical social worker who has a private practice here in Atlanta. She also participates in a number of events throughout the Southeast, uh, some of them specifically for therapists and some of them for the lay public. Uh, but certainly go to her webpage, www.alicewellens.com to find out uh, more about her six weeks of wellness, about the uh, candlelight evening, the, the date night we just decided. Mm-hmm. And um, since there are only four spots left, uh, you better hurry. Um, also to um, look at other resources, um, read her blog, find out other information that is very good for your physical, emotional, spiritual health. So wow, I'm going to go visit that go website visit, myself. Go visit that website, <laughs> alicewillens.com. So, what can our listeners do? I think at the end of the day, what's the take home? What can they do? Yeah, and I think I love that too. I like to end events or sessions on. Okay, we've talked about all this really interesting stuff from a neurobiological all the way to a spiritual perspective and everything in between, which is really how I like to think about it anyway. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean for you when you walk out the door of my office or walk out the doors of the Atlanta Healing Center or turn off this podcast? And what what I think that means goes back to the portable practices. How can you start to, how and can you, and how do you, would you like to start integrating this into your 
everyday life in not a forced way, you know, in a curious and open way. So I think that's how we should end our podcast mm-hmm. is talking about some ideas about that. Um, a lot of people in the meditation and yoga community talk about the first thing in the morning, that that is a time when there's a um, real deeper connection to yourself, you're not fully awake yet, all your defense mechanisms haven't snapped into place, mm-hmm. you're, you're not geared up and ready for the day. So that's often a time that people like to engage in some of these practices. So one thing might be in that in that little gauzy, hazy moment of the morning before your eyes have fully opened, before your feet have hit the floor, to name to yourself or out loud um, three to five things that you're grateful for. You don't force it. Don't mm-hmm. get stuck on if you're doing it right or if the things are important or if you forgot something. Just let it let it um, flow up and say it. And start your day from a place of gratitude. It will shift your um, sympathetic nervous system to your parasympathetic right away. Right. Your rest and digest. Your rest and digest, tend and befriend will be engaged. And you will give yourself a little pump of serotonin and dopamine. And I think that's a pretty nice way to start the day. Absolutely. (laughs) So that's one thing. Um, Another thing is because we'll be moving into Thanksgiving um, Thursday, it's a real opportunity to take it to the next level. So it's one thing to be grateful to yourself and Mm -hmm. say things to yourself. But... Taking it to the family is a whole nother, I call it the Everest of, of psychotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> taking all these things we're working on and, and using and taking it home to your family. But I think it might be helpful even if your brain starts to attune to when you're there, decide what you're going to pay attention to. Are you going to pay attention to the things that bother you and drive you crazy about your family members? Or are you going to pay attention to the things that you enjoyed or you liked or were fun? So that's one thing. You can do that internally. Just what am I going to pay attention to here? And you can then pay attention to your experience around that. And then taking it up even a further notch would be to start telling people, hey, that green bean casserole was really good. Thanks for bringing that. Um, Or, hey, I really enjoyed hearing you talk about some of the workshops you've done this year. I think that that sounds really interesting. So naming something to another person is really a powerful experience because what happens then, and Dr. Blank can um, fill in any places that I'm missing, is not only do you get the benefits. Absolutely. But they get the benefits too. And so that's one, you getting the benefits they're getting the benefits because what happens when somebody says something nice to us? We eat it up. We love it. It feels really good to hear somebody say something nice to us and mean it. You got to mean right. it. Right. You got to mean it. You got to mean it. You, you, you can't. This isn't something to be faking. And as my mom said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So <laughs> my mom might have said that to me today. <laughs> But, yes, and not mean it in the sense of a woo-woo, ooey-gooey, but just 
that was a good green bean casserole, and I want to I want to tell that person that. Mm-hmm. Or I really did like hearing what they've been up to this year, and I want to tell them that I think that's really neat. So that then they get that experience of that little burst of dopamine, serotonin. It feels good, and then they're also getting that sense of being seen and being gotten, which immediately makes you feel safe and connected and it starts to increase bonding and those are the things that we're really looking for because Mm -hmm. we are a species that um, works best in packs and so when we are outside of the pack or we're sitting there in the living room and we can't stand everybody in that room (laughs) you know they don't feel bad we feel bad. Right. So, unless they're sitting there thinking it too. <laughs> right. But it's a way to just begin to play with this as you go home for the holidays. Even if you're just sitting there and everybody's watching football or laying around after eating too much food or whatever it is that you do, just ask, invite into your mind even the idea of it. I'm enjoying just being in this room with these people. These, I am enjoying just the experience of sitting here and being part of this group this afternoon. And see how that starts to change you. So those are some things that you can do. Now, if you are in a couple, in a partnership, then the holidays take a real stress yes. on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... A few things that you can do to create um, some connection and some support around that or take these practices to each other. And Dr. Blank and I were talking at the break. Dr. John Gottman is a couples therapist out in Seattle. He's been in the field for 40 years. He's studied couples. He has these love labs that he has couples live in, and they are monitored. They wear heart monitors. Um, he, he's gotten so much data, and what he's found is that there are master couples and disaster couples. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the um, main attributes of masters is that they use 20 positive comments for every negative comment. So they are saying 20 positive things to each other for every negative things thing they say. And in conflict, they are saying five positive things for every negative. So even when they're having a disagreement, even when they are not seeing eye to eye, they're still making positive, more, many more positive comments than negative. And constructive can be included in positive. Um, I, I really appreciate that you are listening to me. What I would really like is if you also asked me questions. So just hearing that information, 20 to 1, 5 to 1, masters and disasters, starts to create a context that you can start to work in with your partner and a challenge. And the smaller the better. That's what I tell my couples all the time. The smaller the better. Thank you for bringing me coffee this morning. Mm -hmm. Thanks for making the bed. Thanks for taking the kids to school. The smaller, the better, because all of those things weave together that sense of we're a team, 
we can talk about things, and we can get through the holidays. And I notice you, and I appreciate what you bring mm-hmm. to my life and what you do for our family. Mm-hmm. And um, so those small thank yous are also really important. Yeah. And you can also do that after Thanksgiving, driving home from the Thanksgiving dinner or from the event, whatever it was. You can say things that worked. I really liked it when you brought me a plate so I didn't have to get up. I really liked it that you came and rescued me from talking to somebody because you knew I'd kind of had my limit. (laughs) So telling couples going over what works, and that goes back to what we were saying earlier, our thoughts matter. So when we talk about with, with our partners what works, then our focus goes there. And it's not Pollyanna because we're we're talking about what works, but we're also helping uh, helping the couple set themselves up for the future. So when that situation or something arises again, they'll know the landscape and they'll mm-hmm. know what to do to help out. So you're not kind of left from a, a situation to situation without knowing what works and helps couples move through it. And just grat- that gratitude is is just a huge, huge piece of that, the foundation of that. It is, and it's so important. Uh, it seems so simple, and it really is, uh, but it is incredibly powerful. And you can do a lot to heal not only your relationship, certainly, but to heal yourself and to bring yourself to being uh, the, the person that you would like to be and to be happy uh, in, in your life. Uh, a woman that we used to work with... Um, uh, Alice, uh, I remember her uh, saying that her prayer was, um, Lord, let me want what I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard first heard that um, <laughs> in a place that we used to work. And that, I was young when I was working there and really did not have a lot of experience with recovery. And when I heard that, it changed my life, mm-hmm. make me Please make me want and have a grateful heart for what I already have. We have so many things to be grateful for already. And that sense of wanting more or needing more can kind of rest. And we can enjoy what we already have. And that's that's a wonderful thing. A powerful message. I'm so grateful that you are here today, Alice, and I'd like our listeners to check out your six weeks of wellness and to also join Pastor um, Wright on Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on America's Web Radio. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. 
Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more